It is Bronze and Modern Gods. I'm John, that's Tinkerballs, and that's Richard. <laughs> hey, John, how you doing? I am doing great. How are you? Doing great, too. Well, we've got a lot this week. We've got our hot book of the week, of course. 25-year rule with a Turtles book you may not even be aware of. Our underrated books of the week. And our main topic, Marvel Comics shipping disasters. Retailers are up in arms. Penguin is now shipping the books, and they are not arriving in good shape. Let's just put it that way. You'll see what we're talking about later on. But first, if you are not following us on Facebook and Instagram at Bronze and Modern Gods, Tinkerballs, point to it. Show them where it's at. Up there. There you go. Yes. <laughs> you can follow us uh, there and you get content during the week. If you like this video, hit like. Please hit the subscribe button if you have not already. And you can also leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. And now, first, before we get into the hot book of the week, Richard, I'm going to stop and ask you what you thought of DC Fandom. You're asking specifically about the Black Adam trailer, right? <laughs> I, know, I know he's your favorite, so I want to I get your reaction. What'd you think? Um, they managed to make an announcement without really announcing anything. But, I, he, but he killed a guy. He, yeah, well, a shadowy figure did. You notice you didn't wow. see his face, you know? it's. I'm waiting for full reveal. I think that's going to be key. But I'm excited. I mean, it so far, so, you know, so good. There's, there's nothing that says, you know, you know, mummy, num, you know, mum, you know, mummy quality of movie. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, we're going to have something that's going to be good. I'm, I'm excited. Richard coming out hard against the mummy. All right, I see. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I think it's appropriate that we had DC fandom this past weekend because our hot book of the week is a DC book. It is Superman, Son of Kal-El, issues one and two, Richard. Do you have these? I do not. I do not. Well, number one is the first appearance of John Kent, the son of Superman, as Superman. Number two is the first appearance of Jay Nakamura as The Truth, who is the uh, the main, I guess you would call him a villain. I'm not sure what you would call him in this. Uh, both of these issues, one and two, are already going for about $15 or $20 on eBay already. Issue three is a lot easier to find. You can still find that on the shelves around cover price. Of course, this is all leading up to issue number five, which if you've watched the news this week at all, you may have heard about John Kent coming out as bisexual. So there you go. Um, number five has a street date of November 9th, just a few weeks away. So get ready. If you do not have that on your pool list, I highly recommend it. Richard, what do you think? Uh, you know, We've had this conversation before uh, when we had other characters come out as being bisexual, uh, Robin specifically. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's I, I don't know how it impacts the story. I don't know how it impacts other than inclusion. I mean, for that part, I'm I'm all for, it, you know, but I, I don't think a person, you know, a, a superhero sexuality really impacts most. You know, when you're fighting, when you're fighting Joker. Yeah. You're, you're fighting Lex Luthor. It doesn't matter. It's it's not pertinent to the story. And um, I don't see these these issues where it's brought to the forefront of having long term value. I mean, it's you know, collectors collect things that are pivotal to a, a character in first appearance, uh, death, uh, first meetups, what have you. I, I just don't see this being something of that kind of level of importance i may be wrong you know it, it, if, if it's important to you as a collector then absolutely but we've seen it before yeah. uh alpha flight 106 north star comes north out star, right. 
$20 book overnight. Now you could probably get it for five bucks. Uh, right. You know, uh, but I would counter that to say the wedding of Peter Parker and Mary Jane is an expensive book. And that has nothing to do with fighting villains. No, no, you're absolutely right. And it, 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 that is a, um, that's, that's a wedding book, you know, it, it, weddings, weddings and deaths have a significant impact, uh, regardless of who, who your partner is. Right. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I, I think it's important for the fact of inclusion. I mean, Superman, Superman. Yeah, um, it doesn't bug me because it's a new character, really, mm -hmm. if you think about it. Uh, so I think the press kind of took it. You could tell who read the press release and who didn't. <laughs> Kent is now by. No, it's no, not no. Kent. It's it's his son, John Kent. No, they're crafting headlines, and that's their job. Their job is to to promote that sensationalism. And like to, to me, this is this is a private moment between you know the two of them and we're, I think we're dramatizing the moment when it really isn't something that I would want called out as, you know, let's shine the spotlight on me for this one instant. And, you know, it's, I don't know. Well, well I think the counter to that is you have plenty of this with uh, straight heroes. Uh -huh. you, you see their love life, love lives. You see, their drama, their soap opera-esque elements in comics, you know, since comics began, really, especially since the Stan Lee Marvel method of right. really ratcheting up the personal drama. So, you know, this is just, I'm waiting for the day where it's not a press release. I'm waiting yeah. for the day, yeah, where it's just part of the character. Right. I think Chris Red said it best on SNL uh, this past weekend when he said uh, – about this specifically on Weekend Update. Treat life like a Pornhub homepage. If it ain't for you, don't click the tab. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <True. laughs> Why yeah. would you set about that tab? Just go right past it. Right, right, right. I, you know, it's 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 an event. I'll agree, but in terms of um, collectability and long-term sustained yeah. value, it's. It's just going to be another event in these characters' lives, you know, well, a year from now. Let's see how John Kent sticks around. You know, uh, yeah. he I, maybe he's going to be the Miles Morales of the DC universe. Who knows? We don't. Uh, it, I, good on DC for trying something, but again, I wait for the day where it's not press worthy, where it's just an issue that comes out, and oh, okay, he's got yeah. a boy. great. And I, I'm glad they are trying it too. I, I actually had stopped reading Superman. Yep. Just because, you know, Superman revealed that he was Clark Kent and everybody was like, whoop-de-doo. <laughs> um, and it, it, it just seemed to, it's it's dragged on since 1939, right? So yeah. it's it's time for some fresh, fresh ideas and uh, and new characters. So. Hey, I picked it up. I picked up one and two and three. So they got, they got me on the hook. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. All right. Our main topic this week is not as... Uh, not as sunny, not as uh, positive as that. It is kind of a bummer. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Marvel has changed their distribution from Diamond uh, Distributors to a company called Penguin Random House for shipping. Now, they are just following what DC Comics did earlier this year or last year by going away from Diamond. And so Penguin is really known for shipping to bookstores. Uh -huh. uh, and some retailers got their boxes last week and the week before, and it was a disaster. Uh, joining us right now is a good friend of the show, Lawrence from P Dots Comics, and he's going to give us a little more insight to that. 
And here he is now. Hello, Lawrence. Do you prefer Lawrence? Uh, Lawrence or P. Dot, either one of those two, and I'm cool with that. <laughs> Before we get started, I've been to your shop and I've seen your live sales. Richard's seen your live sales. Yep. Remind everybody where you at, where you are at, and where your shop is. We're uh, just outside of Los Angeles in Pasadena, California. Nice, sunny Pasadena, California, and uh, we're on Instagram at P. Dot's Comics. Um, we're there doing live sales, doing um, every Thursday and Saturday. So would love for you guys to either come by the shop or check us out on Instagram. Yeah, you're 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 there in Pasadena with all the the, the mini mansions. And, uh, <laughs> I love Pasadena, uh, and I love the shop too. And usually I like to pop in there and say hi and buy some new comics, but. Hey, <laughs> hey, there's there's issues going on with the new comics. Uh, as you guys know, uh, Penguin Random House has taken over for uh, the distribution for Marvel Comics. So uh, the, we're not too thrilled about that over the last two weeks. So explain to everybody, uh, you used to be with Diamond, you used to get your books from Diamond, I assume. Correct. Marvel changed the game on you, uh, and they are now dis self-distributing. Well, I don't, I don't think they're self-distributing. They're distributing through Penguin uh, and Random House now. But you get a you get a break if you go the Penguin way. Correct? A price break? Uh, yes. So um, let's let's go back a little bit. Um, DC decided, in their wisdom, to ditch Diamond as their uh, distributor uh, and they went through lunar distribution which started kind of the ball rolling on the publishers uh, looking elsewhere um, to distribute comic books so diamond then started to kind of lose their grasp on the so-called monopoly that they had on distribution and uh, you knew it was just a matter of time before these publishers started to either um, self-distribute or find other distributors, which at the uh, midpoint of this year, Marvel then jumped on that bandwagon and decided that Penguin Random House was going to be the distributor of choice for them. Um, now, Diamond is still an account holder with Penguin Random House, and Diamond can still distribute uh, books to comic shops from Marvel, but they are not the exclusive distributor. Um, they're basically another account holder, just like any other comic store. So if I were to stay with uh, Diamond Distribution to get my Marvel books, there's essentially a cost of about 10% that I would be incurring per, per, per issue or per product um, that obviously Diamond needs to assess to me in order to make money on those books. So what happened with your first two shipments? Um, <laughs> well, all right. My first shipment, uh, well, we were excited at first. We were excited because, uh, Penguin Random House had essentially made assurances or promises that they would do better than the standard quo status quo, that they would do better than the status quo, um, that the, that the damages that were kind of known to exist uh, with Diamond would be kind of taken care of because they know how to distribute because they're, I guess, one of the largest distributors of novels, of books, and they take care of bookstores so they know best and can take care of comic stores. 
Well, the boxes that they decided to use were not adequate, to be nice, were not adequate to handle the volume of books that they're trying to stuff into it. That's first and foremost. They're small. They're even a little smaller than the medium uh, flat rate boxes that the USPS uses. Secondly, the uh, cardboard itself is thinner and not as sturdy as, you know, the diamond box that was used. Yeah. So when you start stacking these boxes up in freight, they start to collapse on themselves because they can't handle the weight. It, what people don't realize, if you guys have never uh, been a retailer, that Diamond actually made custom boxes uh, that were, you know, customized to fit two small stacks of comics per box. They actually fit in there kind of snugly and, and they have some support on the sides, right? That's correct. Diamond made custom boxes to, uh, to ship the comic books. And so um, every year they would have the Diamond Retailer Summit. We'd provide feedback, say, hey, this is an issue with some of your boxes. Um, we noticed dented corners, we noticed crushing, and Diamond would eventually address those issues. Penguin Random House, they say they did some testing, um, but no one knows for sure how um, extensive that testing was. Um, we don't know who they tested these boxes with. They say that they did consult with retailers, but you know we don't know exactly who those retailers were. And so when they showed up, they showed up crushed. They showed up um, essentially holding on to the sides, you know, there were cracks and tears and it was, it was pretty atrocious. I'm going to put on the screen some of the images you sent us and what I thought was horrible and almost like gallows humor. You kind of have to laugh was the shape of the books inside, which I'm showing now. And you made a, you made a meme on your Instagram, which I thought, <laughs> which I thought was funny, but maybe kind of true that, you know, 9.8s are going to be super scarce for a couple of weeks. That I honestly believe that um, because you have to understand that it's not just my shop that has these issues with the new product from Marvel. It's systemic. And so it's every shop that has Marvel product from Penguin Random House is going to have these issues. Now it's gonna, you know, fluctuate the amount of damages that they receive. You know, I think the first week we kind of got lucky with 45 to 50% of our product being um, damaged or as I start to use now the new term unacceptable. That is, I'm sorry, 45% of your entire stock for the week damaged is yeah unacceptable unacceptable the second week we got hit hard um the second week we had a larger order uh hulk number 50 or immortal hulk number 50 was a heavier book mm -hmm. and that's mixed in with the product and you know unfortunately the heavier box created more issues and um we ended up with about 80 percent 75 to 80 percent of our product for that week was unacceptable um and so you know we had titles that we didn't even put out for sale because we only ordered you know four or six copies and all six copies are just not something that i would consider sellable no so what's the solution here have they offered anything so far to you guys um they have so far issued credits 
um, you have to remember the issues are with their shipping is systemic. So it's, it's too rampant to just replace the books. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not enough replacement copies that can go around to every shop. So they've issued credits for um, the damages for the last two weeks. They have stated that they have made uh, changes to the way they are going to pack and ship, but those changes won't take effect until um, this week. And so I haven't received any new product yet with these changes that have been implemented. And so I'm crossing my fingers and hoping that, uh, that the changes do kind of mitigate some of these damages and that, you know, I can live with 10 to 15%. That's, that's something that I can kind of expect because of, you know, the frailty of some of these books and how it's shipped. But if it's still 50%, 60% or higher, then that's, it's unacceptable. No, no. I'm shaking my head a lot because (laughs) I've been doing this a long time and I had a shop during Heroes World. Uh, if do you yeah. know do you know about that when Marvel decided to s- distribute their own books through a company they bought called Heroes World? Yeah, that's a, a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, <laughs> far away. <laughs> Wait a second, it wasn't that long ago? Thirty years, uh, but um, yeah, twenty-five years actually, twenty-five year rule. Um, and it, I'm just shaking my head because history repeats itself. People just don't seem to learn from history. Uh, I mean, I don't think that's what caused the diamond monopoly to begin with was that was right. the domino that fell. But here we are again. You know, if you don't know how to ship comics, why are you doing it? Yeah. And you know, that, it, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Richard. No, that, that means like, it's like for this two week period, potentially three weeks, depending on what they do next week. Um, there are some really, really rare books coming up for 9.8. So if you have a, an, uh, a 9.8 quality book, that from this period period, you definitely want to get it slabbed because yeah. you, may have, you may have some money there. I mean, think I think about some of those covers for like Amazing Spider-Man seventy five. You know, it's a thicker book to begin with, and you know, you have some pretty cool covers for that issue. And finding those in nine point eight is, is going to be difficult. Yeah. I'm glad you're as mercenary as me, Richard, and, and, and you'll just say it. I'm just going to hint at it. <laughs> I'm lucky, I guess. I have an LCS here that still uses Diamond. So uh, he has really dodged this bullet. But, uh, you know, I've talked to him and, and he's fully aware. And, and he's like, oh, crap. I'm kind of, you know, I, I rolled the dice and stayed with Diamond, you know, just because I was he was nervous about this potential yeah. issue. What are you going to do? Do you know you're going to stick with Penguin? For the time being, I'm going to stick with Penguin Random House simply because I'm an optimist and hope that they can eventually get things fixed. There's more than just, there are issues that is more than just the shipping. Mm. Um, You know, some of how you have to order on their site, how you report these claims. Um, There's issues with that as well. Like for example, the ratio variance, they say they're on, they're ineligible for a claim. And so, (laughs) yeah. So when you report it as damaged, you can't do that on the website. And, you know, they know best, apparently, uh, as far as uh, those ratio variants, what's damaged versus what's not. Do so, they do they even know what a ratio variant is? <laughs> and, why, and why people order them? I, I think they do because they use Gemini mailers to ship those, okay. fortunately. Uh, All right. so, so they do ship that separately. And I, I think Marvel's probably telling them 
hey, you know, take care of these books. But, um, you know, there's other issues that that are there with Penguin Random House, not just the shipping. So I think that's, you know, when you combine the frustration with the shipping on top of the frustration with the ordering system, as far as what we're used to, that's what has kind of created this storm for them. I had to go. I I had uh, my poll for last week. I haven't actually had a chance to read them. Um, My LCS favors me because I have a pull box. So I, he always goes through and just make sure I get good copies. That's all he does. So these are all nice copies, but um, yeah, gosh, can you imagine somebody who has a substantial stack of books here and 80% of them are damaged and therefore you don't get them for that particular week. That's, that's, that's hard on not only the customer, but for you too, that lost revenue. Yeah. What I did, like, honestly, what I did was I separated all the product from this week into unacceptable and acceptable and just had to kind of uh, mitigate customer expectations by saying, Hey, you're picking up Marvel product this week. You may not get near mint copies, but you know, they might be 8.0 to 9.0 shape, you know, as far as what I pulled out Um, and then telling my full customers, Hey, you want that? I'll sell it to you at cost. You know, I'm not going to charge you full cover price because I wouldn't pay full cover price for something that's supposed to be brand new. Right. That's a really good way to handle it. That's that's customer service right there. Right. What, what you could do, Lawrence, is just offer to press every single book that comes through. <laughs> I only have one press, and it's dedicated to my books. So, unfortunately, I can't do it for everybody. There are, there are 24 hours in the day. That's no excuse. <laughs> of course you can't do that. I, it, this, is, this is a nightmare for retailers. I mean, I, I don't want to uh, be chicken little here, but, God, it's awful. It, it is. I mean, I've had uh, some retailer friends, you know, contact me and said, hey, I don't have anything to sell, you know, because what I did receive was damage and I don't have my other box. Mm. Um, so, you, you know, they're really stuck in a, in a, in a hard position of trying to sustain, you know, their livelihood. Um, now, obviously, there's still DC product that you could try to sell, but as Marvel accounts for a large chunk of the, you know, market share. And unfortunately, you know, that's a lot of dollars when you actually add it up. Right. And, and two big anniversary books that retailed for $9.99 a pop are in both those weeks, uh, Spider-Man and the Immortal Hulk, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, that's real money because, you know, the Penguin Random House, you know, you have to have a credit card on file um, if you're not in one of their credit accounts. And they bill you and charge those books before they ship them. Yep. And so the money's cleared out of the account, you know? Um, yeah, we can get credit back for that and basically break even on those damages. But there's something to be said about the customer satisfaction of actually putting the product in their hands. Mm-hmm. And when you're trying to sustain a business, that goes a lot further than the $5 you paid and the $5 you make on a nine ninety nine book. Yeah, your your customers are not going to call Penguin Random House and complain. They're going to complain to you. Yeah, right? <laughs> you or know, yeah. it's not come back. You know, that's that's also a possibility. Uh, well, don't right. do that. He's got a great shop, and he's got a lot more going on than current Marvel issues. You got live sales. You got tons of back issues. I bought my Red Skull Silver Age first appearances from you a few weeks ago. From I appreciate that. Uh, if you have not checked uh, Lawrence out at P Dots Comics on Instagram, why, what are you waiting for? Go do that. There it is, right there. Richard, you got any more questions for Lawrence? 
No, man, I, I feel for you. I really do. I mean, this is uh this is a tough transition trying to to run a business while Marvel tries to figure out what in the world they're doing. Appreciate that. Um, thank you for the thoughts and the concerns. Um, we still have back issues, though. Yes, we still have back issues. <laughs> thank goodness, <laughs> good ones too. I mean, you're not you're not talking like you know, uh, '90s back stock of like 17 copies of Tribe Number One. Uh, <laughs> you've got some decent stuff there, so keep it up. Thank you, Lawrence, for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Yes, no you. problem. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Wow. You know this 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 is terrible you know ouch 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 i know it's, it's like you said hero's world this reminds me of that you know and how long ago was that i think nah. it's about 25 years ago uh, 25 years <laughs> ago. Uh, <laughs> Wow, tell you, buddy. Oh, that was all on you. You reminded me. Ah, uh, well, <laughs> the 25-year-old goes back to 1996, and we are focusing on an Archie title for once in the 25-year-old. Did you even know this book existed, Richard? No, I, I knew about you know version one. I knew about you know version two. I did not know there was a third one. This is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Adventures Volume 3, Number 1. Now, you know, Volume 1, Number 1 was the first miniseries, three-issue right. miniseries under the Archie banner. And that was followed up by an ongoing series, Volume 2. This was in 1996 when the second volume came to a close and they did another three-issue miniseries relaunching this Archie series based on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Adventures cartoon. This book is crazy because it's written by Dan Slott, who went on to fame at Marvel, right? Spider-Man for years. And check out the cover by our boy, Ron Lim. <laughs> and who are they fighting on that cover, Richard? Are those Mighty Morphin Power Rangers or yeah, uh, yeah. simulation? It is, it, is a, it is a remarkable likeness. Let's put yes. it that way. <laughs> this indeed would be the final Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic book series published by Archie uh, before they lost the license from Mirage. A 9.8 of this book sold last November for $149. I just don't think people know about this book. I don't think there's a lot out there about this book. If you look on comics.org, it's blank. Um, Comicron shows diamond orders for this book to be about 3,400 copies. Wow. Now, obviously, some more were sold on the newsstand and from other distributors, but still, that's very low. Even if it's 10,000 copies, that's very low for a Turtles book. Right. Yeah, this may be one of those super rare Turtles books that people who aren't avid collectors just don't know about. Only one copy on eBay right now, and that's being sold as a set with issues two and three of this miniseries for 80 bucks. Uh, so this might be one to kind of see if you can scope out and grab when you have the chance and sit on it for a while. Yeah. Like I said, if, if you're, if you're a collector of, of, uh, rare turtles, this is a perfect candidate. It's not quite turtle mania number one, but it's close. Yeah. <laughs> close. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move on to our underrated books of the week. Richard, what do you have? My pick is, um, is a late 80s book and, and and i picked it because of the nostalgia that seems to be hitting around 80s tv shows early 90s tv shows you know we saw things like like uh a team recently spike in value yeah so i picked star trek the next generation number one specifically the book from 1988 mm. this is the first appearance of uh the next gen 
in comics. This is a six-issue miniseries. It ran from February to July of 1988. It was successful enough that they spawned a, a regular series that started in 1989 that ran all the way through 1996. So this is specifically the 1988 version. If you if you look, there's also a Next Generation number one in 1996, which is that ongoing series. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's to me, I, I it's hard to picture the late 80s, early 90s without Star Trek, and and this particular um, series was I think the the most pivotal pivotal series outside of the original uh, original series. So there is some potential uh, in the future of these these books going up. The GPA for this book is only eighty nine dollars. Um, no. Their last sale was one hundred and ten for a nine point eight. Mm-hmm. Um, there are eighty two books on the census right now. Twenty two of them are nine point eight. The funny thing is, there is a signed nine point six uh, that was signed by all of the major cast members. Uh, it sold in, ni- in uh, 2019 for $1,500. I would love to have that particular book. You know, I, you know if Whoopi signed it? <laughs> I do not know. I'll have to look. It's in, <laughs> it's in GPA. We could, we could look it up. But, you know, as a fan of Next Gen, that immediately just draws, draws my attention. So it's, it's a book that I'm definitely looking at putting into my collection. I, I, I think these Star Trek milestones are important to collect because it's – it's uh, t- more than 25 years, right? Yeah. So, yeah, well, I think there's potential for these books. And at the prices that we're talking about, it's not a it's not a big ask to pick one up. No, I'm surprised these don't do better in the uh, back issue market. I, the original uh, Gold Key Star Trek series does really well because they're all like mostly photo covers. Right. And people want those photo covers, a lot of painted covers in that series as well. Uh-huh. Uh, and, you know, but then you have the Marvel series from the late 70s that everybody just kind of ignores because it was based on the motion picture. But then DC got the license for years and did a great job with it, primarily all written by Peter David, who loves a good pun. So if you like <laughs> puns in Star Trek, you stock up. Uh, you know why this left DC in 96? No, no. Why did it? Paramount decided to start their own comic book company in conjunction with Marvel. And so that's when you got Star Trek The Next Generation meets the X-Men. That was going to be one of my upcoming (laughs) underrated books. (laughs) We'll save it for next week or a couple weeks later. Uh, And you can see how that turned out. You know, you you had things in this Paramount-Marvel partnership that were just insane like the mission impossible comic book uh adaptation drawn by rob liefeld who thought that was a good idea (laughs) even tinkerballs is is bored now with this so let's move on to my pick for the underrated book of the week the my pick is another john book um it is mighty marvel western number 44 now this is your typical marvel western reprint title from the 70s with uh two-gun kid rawhide kid kid cult Kind of a lie on the cover. There's no two-gun kid story. There's a Matt. Oh, Slate really? Story. Yeah, they lied to you. Um, but what makes this special is the cover. Look at this cover. If you are on uh, YouTube, you can see the Rawhide Kids taking a sip in the desert from a little oasis. And if you look in the reflection, you can see some six shooters pointed his way. It doesn't look good for the kid. He's thirsty. Uh, <laughs> 
He just wants a drink. Now, Gil Kane, who drew this cover and drew hundreds of covers for Marvel in the 70s and for DC as well in the 60s, he says that cover is his all-time favorite of every cover he's ever oh, done. Wow. And I can see why. It's it's amazing composition. It's really nice. If you've never seen that cover in person, I highly recommend it. Uh, not a lot of relevant GPA data on this book, but a 9.6 CBCS slab sold last month on eBay for 100 bucks. Well, okay. technically for $99.99, if we want to get technical. But I love that cover. It's amazing. If you are a Marvel Western buff and you ignore the reprint titles, check some of these Gil King original covers out. They are amazing. You can tell the guy loved to draw horses and he loved to draw <laughs> rootin' tootin' cow pokes. So that's going to do it for us this week. For me, Richard and Tinkerballs, we will see you next time. Follow us on Bronze of Modern Gods and Instagram and Facebook. We apologize for not having a bonus episode last week, but Richard will explain why. Richard? We just, we just we needed some mental space. <laughs> we really did. You know, mental health days are important, and we were just overwhelmed with work and everything else. Sometimes we need a break, guys. Uh, but thank you for understanding, and hopefully we're going to get back in the groove this week. Tinkerballs always energizes me when I see him. Look, <laughs> that's Tinker. And we will see you next time. Everybody stay safe. Say bye, Tinker. Tinker.